Hey everyone, welcome to Resilience Unraveled. This podcast is the result of my fascination with subjects like resilience, accountability, burnout, life fulfillment and other life and work-based performance issues, as well as many of the other obsessions I bump into in my life. I spend my time working with highly successful teams, people and organisations, and this podcast introduces their remarkable stories and expertise, as well as my own synthesis of the key issues, strategies, tips, tools and resources to thrive in life. If you find this podcast useful, why not go over to our site qedod.com. If you'd like some resources on how to manage and beat burnout, head to qedod.com forward slash burnout 2019 for some goodies. Stay tuned to the end to find out details of how to order a free ebook. Enjoy the podcast. So, hey everybody, today I'm talking to Brian Andreco, and you'll immediately um, notice from his accent that he's not from this country. Hi, Brian. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I know we bumped into each other because um, actually I was a guest on your podcast. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. But um, we had a good chat and uh, actually a little bit of a chat outside of the podcast. And we thought that'd be, it'd be really great because you've got some interesting stories about resilience and adversity and such like. And I thought it'd be great to have you as a guest on this podcast. So thanks for joining me. Yeah, excited to, to chat with you. I hope you've been doing well and excited to kind of share some of the, the stories that we have with everyone. Smashing. And um, obviously, from my audience, whereabouts in the world are you? Because um, clearly that's not, a, that's not a chipper UK accent going on there. Yeah, well, the accent from was born and bred in uh, upstate New York, but I actually uh, I reside in North Carolina, um, so on the east coast of the U.S. So um, in the, the capital of Raleigh, let's say, that's probably the easiest to, people would recognize um, Raleigh, North Carolina. Now I know why I wanted to talk to you because I'm going on holiday there, there next year. <laughs> we'll have to give some. I'll give, some, oh, I'll, I'll, give you some, I'll give you some good tips. There's some. There's some cool stuff over here. It's a really. It's a really neat area. Yeah. Um, I've been down here for. Well, I've been in the Carolinas for about uh, 18 years, and uh, it's been incredible. I just love the state. Love the people. Um, love just the kind of the mesh of cultures. Um, so it's a really neat place. So was moving there about culture in the first place, or was it something else that drove you down there? Um, I mean. The majority of the reason I went down was I was tired of shoveling snow. And I said, I'm moving out of New York when I uh, finish uh, high school. And I'm, I'm going to a warmer climate. So, yeah, I actually, you know, I have a background in golf. Um, you know, I played golf uh, growing up. I wanted to be in the golf business. So I went to a great college called uh, Methodist University, which was one of the top programs for, like, golf management um, in the U.S., and so I went down to Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, right after college or right after high school, excuse me, before college. And that's what got me into the Carolinas. Fayetteville's about, uh, for your listeners that may not know, it's about an hour south of Raleigh. Uh, it's big with Fort Bragg. It's a big military base, uh, military area. Uh, but they have some, some cool colleges and, uh, and a lot of golf courses nearby with Pinehurst. I'm sure some of your golf listeners know Pinehurst and, uh, you know, the U.S. Open and some of the events they've had there over the years. You're not far from the uh, the place to hold the Masters, really, comparatively. It's only a few hours' drive, I guess. Yeah, it's about uh, it's about five and a half um, down to Augusta. Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, how did the golf work out then? Well, I mean, for the most part, it was it was good. I mean, I went and got my um, got a business degree, um, did professional golf management. Um, 
was my background, or I guess what you'd say, you know, the degree I got from school. And, and I, I transitioned that into saying, you know, I, if you asked me 15 years ago, you know, I was going to be one of the top golf instructors, you know, in the country. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach golf. Um, I love the game. I love helping people, love coaching. And, uh, and so that's what I, you know, kind of branched out to do. I started a teaching business up here. I moved to Raleigh, started a teaching business, um, started to uh, kind of try to build that a little bit. In terms of, you know, I, I even think back, it's kind of funny now. Um, it seems so rudimentary, but like, I remember I had like one of the first websites for like a golf professional in the area back in, this is 2000, 2006. Yeah. And, you know, just trying to do some different things, um, be more innovative or try to get my name out there a little bit from a branding aspect. Um, and that helped me, you know, I, I talk about uh, five or six years before I got a little blown out, really, um, and it, for, for lack of a better phrase uh, you know I just got burnt out with it and we can get into that but just some things I saw ahead of the game um, and or ahead of the curve if you will of like what was going on with the game of golf um, and I thought I could do some different things in my life some things that could be uh, more impactful yes. um, so that that's ultimately why I got out of it full-time so it was the original plan to be a golf pro a player well, I think that's anyone that's a decent player growing up, that's always the plan is to play professionally and, and, you know, try to do that. I just, again, this goes back to a lot of things I've, you know, thought about the last few years. My work ethic was there. Um, it just didn't click for me in terms of the full game. Um, I played pretty well. Um, I never played at a high tournament level. Um, I just didn't, if I look back now, I didn't get the reps. In. You know, it's so, so funny as we learn, as we get older, like for me, I look back when I'm, or I look what I'm doing now. And, I, and then I look back at those times and I'll kind of sit and ponder and think, man, if I just, if I just played, let's say, you know, whatever, let's say even 12, 15 tournaments a year. Yeah. I know. Again, I have no idea if I would ever have made it professionally or maybe, maybe I played in the mini tours or whatever, but I think I would have been a tremendously more accomplished player in terms of my mindset and how I approach the game. But I didn't play a lot of tournaments. I played a couple tournaments a year. They were kind of local events. And then, um, and then I, you know, I played high school golf, but that was it. So I look back and it wasn't so much the game wasn't sharp because I mean, I always said I'd, I'd, I would go against anyone with my short game. And you can ask some friends and family and stuff that played me. My long game was suspect a lot of the time, you know, getting in the fairway. And, but man, you get me within 50 yards. Um, I, I was, I was pretty stealth and that's what saved me a lot. Um, but I didn't have the full package and I learned that kind of, again, thinking back now, you know, unfortunately I just didn't recognize at that time that, Hey, I need to get more reps. I need to get in the grind in tournaments and feel that pressure yeah. and feel how my swing holds up. And if it doesn't hold up, then I know I need to make some tweaks or some changes. And, and yeah. I just didn't do that. So how was that coming to that real, real sort of realization that you sort of needed to pivot? There must've been a point where you thought this isn't going to work. And often you find with sports people, artists, musicians like myself, you know, in, in my background, it's that horrible moment when the sort of thing you've always wanted to do becomes the thing that actually isn't that thing anymore. Yeah, and I, and I know for you, obviously, from the music background, like, and you actually had a talent there. You were a professional, you know, different than I was. I mean, I could coach and teach, but, you know, they, they always say if you can't, if you can't do teach, right? Um, so, um I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it happened just overnight or if it was a, you know, if it was kind of progression, but what, what I saw, so let me take a step back. What I saw was with YouTube becoming very popular um, with 
attention spans, you know, kind of lessening. I started to know this, this, this is probably, probably in, in 2009 or 10 when I started to notice, like I would get folks that showed up and they would be, they would, you know, be all gung ho, ready to practice. We'd have a good session. I give them one or two things. Hey, here's what we're going to work on. Hey, let's meet up in a few weeks, you know, kind of the whole progression. And they would come back and I'd be like, Hey, great. Awesome. What's the last, you know, couple of weeks been? How, how's your practice? How, Oh, you know, I, I haven't played. Okay. I'd be like, all right, well, what, well, so let's work on, let, let's kind of see where you're at. And we start kind of working on the same thing. And it's not that they got upset, but it was almost, I started to notice like, well, Hey, what are we going to learn new? And I, and I was like, you haven't learned what we were learning before. Yeah. You haven't grasped it. If you haven't gone out and practiced and gone through. So what I noticed, I, I noticed this progression with, um, and it wasn't with everyone. I had some really awesome students that would practice like a ton and play, but it wasn't, it, as I started to get more clientele, I would notice that it was just, again, the attention span was like, Hey, I want now, now, now versus I need to put in the time and effort to kind of see results. Um, and then with the YouTube, you know, sensation of, Hey, I can just go watch a YouTube video of some golf instruction and pick it up in two minutes. Yeah. I started to hear a lot of that. So I'd ask people like, where, where are you getting your instruction? What are you, what are you doing? And I'd hear a lot of that. So it's like, I saw the game changing and it was never from a financial standpoint. I knew I wasn't going to be a millionaire, you know, uh, yeah. teaching golf. So it was never, it's never been about money for me. But at some point, you know, when I was starting to have a family, I had to think about those things. Hey, do I want to work on the nights and weekends? Do I want to work on uh, holidays? Um, you know, do I want to grind for seven, eight hours a week to, to make 40 grand, uh, you know, U.S. dollars? And, and, and what, what am I, what's kind of the impact I'm making to the world, if you will, you know? So I, I had a lot of those struggle moments. There was a lot of, I mean, it was tough to, it, to leave the game teaching full time. Um, but ultimately I saw kind of a, a different North star of, you know, kind of where I wanted my life. So, so it's, I remember someone talking, talking to, cause I used to play golf, but no, nowhere near as well as you, but I remember my um, golf teacher saying that everyone should either learn dance or learn golf. And he said, the reason for that is it really puts you, puts you in touch with your body and your mind because more than anything, Dance is better for the body, but the mind's important. But for golf, there's balance between technique, but also actually this business of where your mind can actually completely undermine you. You can be a proficient golfer, but get, get on the tee and you know blast a, a shot somewhere but just because your mindset's wrong for that day. And I thought that was quite interesting. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what your views are on that actually. Yeah, I mean, mindset is probably one of the biggest things that I think about. I ponder, I try to work on these days and you're, you're absolutely right. Golf is one of those great, um, you could take two golfers that are relatively the same player yeah. skill wise, but you get them in certain atmospheres and one does way better than other. And it's just because of their mindset. They just, they, they have more confidence or maybe they visualize things different um, under pressure. They can handle it more. Um, so those are some things that over the years you learn and it takes time. And that's what, again, going back to like teaching and coaching a lot of folks, I've noticed that you get them, you know, on the, you know, as you always say, kind of the range rafts is kind of like the, the term was used in the U.S. a lot of like some of just goes beach balls and whatever. And great, you could hit it well. But when you go step on that tee and play and you're weekend foursome and you got a little couple dollars on the line maybe and you start folding, 
you think like, oh, my game sucks or whatever. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that you haven't tested it yet. Yes. You haven't put it in those, you know, situations. You haven't, you know, you have not seen how it holds up under pressure. And once you do that, you start. And that's why a lot of folks have a trouble. Um, you know, we don't have to make this about golf. I can go out golf all day. But like, that's why a lot of folks, I think, have struggles lowering their score. There's always like, I can't remember the, it's not a law, but the, the theory, I can't remember it off the top of my head now, so I won't say it, but like the equilibrium, basically people only, you, you go to some certain level, you may know what I'm talking about, right? Um, we're like, let's say you're a 90 shooter, you know, you shoot around 90 most times. If you get, you know, to the 14th hole, and I hear, I have so many stories of people telling me they get like the 14th hole and they're like, you know, 10 over par. So they're well under what they would shoot. They'd shoot like 82 if they part out. Yeah. And then they go like triple bogey, quadruple yeah. bogey, yeah. bogey or something to finish. And they're like, man, I always hit. And I said, yeah, because your body, you, you got so nervous. You're thinking about that 90. Yeah. You weren't able to get over the hump. And eventually you get over the hump, the players that put the time in, and, and that's how they they improve and play better and better. Yeah. I mean, and you're, it's a common theme with people who are successful. They, they talk about talent um, in a sort of slightly um, – well, that's just a given sort of thing. But what actually makes the difference is work. And, you know, there's people like mm-hmm. Gary Vanacek who are full on the, the work mantra and such like. But I do think, I do think people underestimate it, um, this idea of, you know, you have, to, you have to practice your craft. You know, I worked in the performing arts and I used to watch ballet dancers practicing for eight hours a day. And musicians, we used to practice for six to eight hours a day. And there was a real correlation between how much you practiced and how much and and then of course how much you performed because as you as you mm-hmm. say you've got to deal with the pressure now one of the things that happens a lot in us in the music business and in business is this idea of choking under pressure you know when you've got mm-hmm. the yips or you've got a hard, hard shot to play or you've got a presentation to do how, how, how do you help people around that sort of subject area handle choking yeah i mean well first of all have you experienced it I just feel, well, man, I've been, oh yeah, I've, I've choked. I've been in situations like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, kind of on the spot as I think about it, I don't know if, if you could help people with it. Um, I think you have to go through it right. to experience, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, um, I'll try to, well, let's use a, let's use music as an example. The first thing that came to mind, it's like trying to imagine if, you know, you know how to play music. You're in, in terms of your uh, your you know, professional background. But let's say someone's trying to coach you that had never played music. They just studied music and they had the back, you know, the, the, the technical knowledge, but they never actually did it. That's gonna that's a different conversation versus like, hey, this person has been in the grind. They've done it. They've experienced it. They can share more of the mental, you know, preparation and background. So let me say that first. I think part of it is sometimes you just have to go through it. And you have to experience that heartache, which I've done several times on several occasions. Um, and, and, and again, what's, what's interesting about it is you overcome it if you can, and maybe you come out on, on, on the correct on the, on the other side, and you actually achieve some things after you go through that. Everyone wants to get to that finish line so quick, they, don't, they always forget that there's a journey involved, and everyone's journey is different. Everyone has different chapters in their book. It's not always exactly the same. And that's why, you know, that, that whole, you know, quote is like, you know, don't basically, you know, the, the, the whole chapter um, of a book, I'm losing my thought now. 
Um, I need more coffee, I guess, but like, don't judge a book by the chapter you walked in on, if you will. Right. It's like everyone's at a different point in their life. So how do we actually, you know, understand individuals? So going back to what you mentioned, I think from a choking, whatever, I think a lot of that comes down to just, again, the mental preparation. Yeah. Can you calm your mind? What do you, what are you doing day in and day out to um, improve your mindset on things? Are you putting yourself through many challenges? You know, this is why, again, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but why fitness is so important in my life. You know, a lot of people ask, I started CrossFit about, um, I don't know if your listeners know CrossFit. It's a, it's a, it's an international thing, but it's huge in the U S. Um, but, um, I started CrossFit about a year and a half ago and I had been doing different fitness things for 15, 20 years. But the, one of the reasons I did that, obviously I wanted to, you know, improve my muscle mass and gain some weight, do those things. But really one of the other things was it's so intense is that I wanted to see where I can push my body. Right. And not just my body physically, but my body mentally. And what I've noticed over the last year and a half, almost two years, is that some of the other situations in my life I've been in, where in the in the past, not I, I might have folded, but I might have, you know, gotten to a challenging, um, you know, mindset, or maybe I was questioning myself. I yeah. now have more confidence in those situations because I've I've kind of put myself through the ringer and said, hey, I can actually do this. I can I can overachieve. Um, where maybe I thought that I couldn't go that far. So I think a lot of it's you got to go through it. But secondly is you've got to actually give yourself maybe these mini battles, if you will. Yes. Try to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. You know, it could be as much as, um, you know, I think Tim Ferriss is the one who always says this, but like, you know, he has this challenge of like um, basically asking for 10% off wherever you go kind of thing. Like get yourself out of your comfort zone. Like going to Starbucks and asking for ten percent off. Like who cares? Like no. But most people are scared to do that. Yes. But even that little mini win, if you did it, all of a sudden, yes. you know, you kind of, you know, maybe later on, you don't mind, you know, asking for something bigger and negotiating or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's that that's is, a long tangent on it, but no, no, I think that's a really, really clever answer because it's two things there. One, well, it's three things. One which is rehearsal. One which is practice. So mental rehearsal, mm-hmm. it's one which is practice. And I like this idea of the mini challenges. And I do that thing about uh, asking for 10% off in Starbucks and regularly get it. And whenever I go to buy anything, I always get a discount. And, and it's that thing where you, where you start to expect it. And of course, actually, you end up getting what you want. But the third thing is, there are times when it doesn't work. And it's not getting bent out of shape when it doesn't work, is it? It's actually saying, okay, well, this time it didn't work. This time I choked. I went through it and next time I won't. And I think you have to, I like that. I, I like that thought. I mean, it's the whole point of resilience, isn't it? To you, you have to sort of fa- face your fears and learn from them and, and do it differently next time round in a way. Right. And, and I think part of it too is, and, and I don't want to bucket everyone and say the majority of people, I have no idea what the numbers would be or how, you know, but a lot of people, because I used to be like this, and I probably still am in some regards, is they put themselves in comfortable situations their whole life. Yes. Their whole life. They, they have a certain house they live in. They have it set up the way. They maybe go to their job for eight to ten hours a day. Maybe they do some things outside that, some restaurants close by, but then they come home, and it's a very comfortable life. Yeah. And that's why I think there's a... I won't go into it today, but that's why, you know, I, I can sit here for hours talking about why it's, it's so logical to me, like why there's obesity epidemics in the U S why we have challenges with, with other things um, that are very politicized, but it, a lot of it's logically you look at it. And I think it's because people 
are very comfortable with their life. They're comfortable in their thinking and they're not trying to branch out um, and improve and say, how do I get better and better at, at little things, but also maybe that helps me in the long run. Again, putting in that time, you talked about it, like the practice is so important, the repetition going forward. And that's why going back to one of the things that, I don't know if the word annoy is the best word to use, but just like, it kind of just rubs me the wrong way is when people say like, oh, he was born that, you know, or she was born that way. She just held it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, yes. LeBron James was born to be, you know, six foot nine yeah. and probably the muscle capacity, you know, to, to, so, so he was able to be a dominant. If basketball didn't exist, that's why I don't like, oh, he was born to be a, a basketball. Like, no, what if basketball was never invented? Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know why we don't look logically. It's like Tiger Woods or anyone else. Like, oh, he's, you know, no, Tiger had a golf club in it from the age of one years old. And his dad just like peppered him to hit golf balls every single day. Yes, he has a body type that's really good for golf. But anyways, what it goes back to is talent can only take you so far. You have to have the work ethic. Absolutely have to have the work ethic. And then you have to have the mindset to back it up. Because there's, as we know, there's a lot of folks out there that have talent, they're talented and they have good work ethic, but they start to lose confidence. And we see it with a lot of sports stars where, you know, like where, what happened to them? Well, it's because probably they didn't believe in themselves and their confidence went down. It's not that they couldn't physically do it anymore. And, and you've made a really fascinating point there, which is we've built a society to make us comfortable, which is, which is sort of being, you know, the pursuit of, you know, a more um, affluent lifestyle and such like that. We have all the things around us we want. And then suddenly that, that lifestyle is making us unwell because we have obesity, we have more mental health problems, we have, mm-hmm. we have you know, this huge sense of entitlement. We have, you know, this rumored new generation that seem to be less uh, resilient or robust than other generations. And, um, and it is interesting that we've sort of... We, we do need to put that level of change back into our lives, don't we? It's because it's good for our brains. It keeps our brains active and healthy. And from what you're saying, it's actually good for your body as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, but I, and I look at it from my own life. I'm, I'm nothing special. I'm, you know, I'm an average guy, right? But I look at where I, you know, and I don't mind saying my age. I'm 36 years old. And back when I was in my early 30s. I'm just being jealous. Um, I had, you know, you know, but, but the one thing I would encourage, and, and this is why I don't think that age is the matter. I think you could do this at any age. Um, but I just, and again, I don't know if it was when I left golf, or I just started to think more. Um, I give a lot of credit um, to what I call virtual mentors. You know, we talked about Gary Vaynerchuk earlier. Like he was one of those guys, you know, back in 2011, he was very unknown at that time where I came across some of his videos and really started to follow him and, and his message and some of the things about, you know, getting out there and, you know, kind of, if you have that fire to be an entrepreneur, you know, go, you know, go do that. Um, don't just be settled in life type thing. And, and that kind of helped, you know, kind of kick me in the, in the pants, if you will. But what I was getting at is I kind of call it this Renaissance period. It's kind of, I use that as a joking, you know, rena- you know, the Renaissance and all that, but, that's really what the last four or five years of my life has been. I'm a completely different person today than I was five years ago. Yeah. And I'm not standing out, you know, on the soapbox, like, oh, everyone, you know, because some people may say, oh, I'm pretty similar, you know, but five years ago, I was doing the same job or I was doing whatever. I would encourage people, what I did, though, if you look back five years and prior, like I always said, I wasted my 20s. That's not technically true. You know, I, I, I accomplished some things and 
um, you know, I said, try to grow this career in, in golf and stuff. But really, in terms of the learning and knowledge gain and getting outside my comfort zone, I absolutely just, uh, I, I, I was horrible at doing that. Um, I was so settled and comfortable and, um, and I said, I got to make the change. This is ridiculous. So that's really what I did four or five years ago. And it really caught on a few years ago. So that, I mean, that's everything from, I mean, if I went through the list of like all the different things, you know, changing my diet, you know, I'm pescatarian now. I stopped eating meat because I don't like killing animals. I don't like, um, I don't like the harm that animals are doing on the, you know, if you look at the factory farming and stuff and I said, well, then why am I eating this? You know, I stopped drinking uh, cow's milk five years ago, same, same reasons. You know, so I started going through these, these things, my fitness changed, um, how I learned, I, I, I hate reading, but I absorb more through podcasts and videos. I read a little bit. Um, but I started to write down things more. You know, I started to go through this whole, like, again, I call it a Renaissance period because it was a learning for me yeah. Said, what don't I know? What don't I know? I have Google available. If I, if I want to know something, all I have to do is type it in and learn about it. Yeah. And what I realized was, wow, I, there's so much information out there on these topics that I care about, the environment, fitness, health, um, nutrition, you know, business, entrepreneurship. That, man, there's there's a lot of information. Um, let me go let me go research that. So that's that's kind of where I am today from even four or five years ago. And, and, and if I didn't make that change, I don't know what happened. And is that what led to the start of your podcast? Yeah, you know it's interesting. So I um, I'll give the quick kind of you know snippet on that. So this goes back to again, I th- I'm big on, and that's why the podcast is called Just Get Started yes. because I try to start it three times. And the first two times I failed. So long story short, I went to this conference I was invited to or the company I work for. I was a, I got us into this. It's for designers. It's a phenomenal conference for like professional sports um, designers and stuff called major level creative. And anyways, got to know the the co-creator of that Chris Garcia, awesome guy. And anyway, so he, he invited us to the, uh, the, uh, show this is a couple of years back now and i said man this is pretty cool i met some awesome people but well, i met this one guy named adam martin who had his this podcast and i had been listening to podcasts for a while but i was like oh this is cool so i started talking to him a lot about his podcast that he does um, makers of sport and again around design and creative stuff but anyways i i said i said man you know i've been wanting to start a podcast man i'm gonna start one adam and he's like yeah brian you should do it and he gave me some tips here and there well sure enough that year went by uh-huh. and I saw him at the same conference the next year Ooh. and I hadn't started the podcast yeah, yeah. and we were talking about it. And I said, I know I, you know, again, what, 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 what do you think my excuse was? I was busy had a lot going on, you know, mm-hmm. same thing. Talk with them said, no, yeah, I really want to get one started. I'm going to do whatever a year goes by again. So now we're in summer of 2017 and we talked with them and again, I hadn't started it. And I told him, I said, Adam, I am starting a podcast. I was like, you're not going to see me here next year without starting one. And he's like, all right. And I said, you're going to be a guest on it. And I told Chris, I'm going to have him as a guest too. And that's, and that's how it, it finally kicked me into gear. Um, and the reason I went podcast, so just to give you an interesting story to your listeners, I think this is so huge. The reason I start with a lot of my podcasts, like we did with yours, of like, where did you up, what was your upbringing about? What was the story? And we don't get into that as deep sometimes. I wish we had five hours to talk about it. But 
I had a teacher in high school when I was a senior. I took a class called uh, uh, public speaking and uh, Mr. Hines was the teacher. And he said to me, I remember he just pulled me aside one day. I was walking to class. He's like, Hey, Brian, you got really great pitch and tone. You should be on radio someday. You know, this is back in 2001. Radio was the only thing there. There weren't podcasts then. But I never forgot that because people throughout my adult life had always said, I don't know if I always agree with them. Like, I don't know if I have a great voice or not, but they always said like, Brian, you got a great voice. You got, you know, you got really good for radio and stuff like that. You know, so I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe this is something I should, I should do. I love interview shows. I've been watching, again, where your listeners are probably all over the world. Like they may know Regis Philbin. I used to watch live, you know, Regis and Kathy Lee was a big TV show, big interview show. I grew up watching David Letterman and Jay Leno and, you know, all of those type of interview type shows. Um, that's what I enjoyed watching as a kid. I don't know. It's so funny looking back now. I'm like, oh yeah, I watched a lot of those type of shows. Um, I'm big, you know, Ellen is huge now. I don't get to watch her much because she's on during the day, but like, I just enjoy the interviews, the, the conversation with people. So all of that together, I said, all right, well, I'm going to start a podcast. What am I going to do? Well, I love interviewing people. So let's do an interview show. Okay, let's do a podcast versus doing some other things, right? Because, you know, the voice and, and, and the, I love the conversation and, and podcasts I thought was the way of the future where it was going. And the reason it's called Just Get Started is because I didn't start. And I said, man, there's got to be a lot of people out there Absolutely. that are in the same boat as me. They're a late bloomer. They feel like, hey, nope, this is life. This is how it's going to be. Um, and I guess I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, cash my chips in and I'm done. And I said, no, that's BS. You can do a lot in your life. I don't care what age you are. So that's why it's called Just Get Started because I wanted to interview folks like yourself, founders, entrepreneurs, even just solopreneurs, people that have done things different and said, I'm going to go outside my comfort zone. I'm going to try to create something. And they may not even do it full time. Most of the guests are full time um, now, but some are still like doing it as a side um, you know, as a side hustle and trying to grow it. So it's just to, to kind of give people that um, confidence that, hey, you know what, you can do this too. Yeah. So that was a very long winded of the story, but that's basically how it, how it started. And now I'm, I just launched, as we're speaking today, episode 69. Um, so it's been um, a year and a half, almost, almost, it'll be two years this Thanksgiving uh, yeah. doing the uh, podcast. So you must be um, dropping them once a week or something, are you? I try, I try to drop it once a week. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I've done like, a, you know, like I'll, I'll try to do five or six a month um, during, I was doing it really the last several months that way, but I'll, I'll probably get back to just once a week. Yes. Um, so sometimes I was doing like a Monday, Thursday type thing, but yeah, my goal, and this is, you know, this goes back to like goal setting and those type of things. What I, what I like to do is I, you know, just like most people do, you know, they got their mirror in their bathroom. I rate my goals. Yes. And I got, I got three goals that are on there. One's for my full-time job. Remember, just so your listeners know, I work a full-time job. I'm in uh, software sales. Um, and, you know, I have, I have a goal for that specifically. But my two other goals are personal goals. Um, and one is, you know, I'm finishing up a children's book that'll launch in November. Wow. And um, that was one of my goals at the beginning of this year to get that out. And then secondly, it was to get the 75 episodes by the end of this year. So I, just to give some context, I started when this year started, I was at episode 35. So I need to put out 
40 episodes in a 52 week span. Um, and I mean, basically how it's lining up, I'll launch episode 75 probably sometime in, you know, end of October. So I'll beat that. Um, I, I should get over 75 by the end of the year. So it's, I think it's so important. I never really did that. You know, I started to write down my goals within the last couple of years. I'd, I'd write down these daily goals. So I'd write down four to six daily tasks that yes. need to be created, the most important tasks, um, as I was trained to, to kind of call them. And now, but like I did the first time ever in my life. So again, 36 years old, first time ever in my life, I wrote down on a mirror in my bathroom the main goals that I wanted to achieve this year. And it's been interesting every day really? looking at those, Really, you know, every day looking at those and, and basically it's accountability and am I holding myself accountable to um, those goals yes. and, and what I want to be in my, you know, do my life. I, re I, I remember reading something. I wish I could remember the source of it. that said something about always having a mirror near your desk because the very fact mm -hmm. of looking into a mirror in your own, it's, it's, it's that sort of shared accountability of seeing yourself. And I think having the goal written on the side of it is a genius idea. What a great idea. I'm going to do that. Myself. Yeah, it's not, it's not, that I, not that I came up with. I mean, no. there's a lot of people that have done that. It's just, yeah. And I think, you know, it's the accountability. Um, I'll, I'll plug one of the guys I've been following for a couple of years now and your, your audience may or may not know him, but I absolutely recommend to go listen to this guy. He, you know, he's, he's got some, he uses some choice language. So if some don't like listen to that, that's fine. But um, his name is David Goggins and he's ex military in the U S but he was a Navy seal. Um, he was an army ranger, but this guy's story is probably one of the most fascinating stories I've ever heard about um, his book called can't hurt me. Um, I would absolutely recommend if, if all of your listeners that want to kind of get a book, not only just to motivate them, but to almost kick them in the pants. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I thought I had it bad. Yes. Go, I would absolutely, I would recommend to get the audio book. So if you want to read his book, read it, but I would recommend the audio book, but um, David Goggins, G O G G I N S. Oh, yes. If you okay. search David Goggins, yeah, he's an, he's an ultra marathon runner now. Um, but it's just a fascinating story. Yeah. But he talks about, you know, his accountability mirror and how he changed his life, basically yeah. looking in that mirror every day and, yeah. and holding himself accountable to the things he wanted to do. So yeah. um, it, it, there, there's some really interesting stuff in that anyway. So yeah. I, uh, I absolutely recommend that because I don't read a lot of books, as I said earlier, yeah, well, but listen to this audio, yeah. listen to this audio book. It's unbelievable. You, yeah. you almost can't put the story down because you it almost seems like it's not believable when it, obviously it's, it's all factual. So. Yeah. Uh, no, we can talk all day. I mean, I've just noticed the time. Actually, I'm just being need to be slightly more respectful of your time. Um, Brian, if people want to listen to the podcast or find you on the, on the World Wide Web, how do they find you? Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of Andrakos out there, so you can just no. type in, you know, Brian Andrako. O N D R A K O is how you spell my last name. But I'm at Brian Andreco on you know Instagram and uh, which I probably spend most of the time on Instagram, Twitter a little bit. Um, you know I'm trying to actually I won't go into this today, but trying to do some things where you know kind of almost get away from social media a little bit, take some detoxes if you will. Um, but you can always uh, check me out there. My website BrianAndreco.com is probably the easiest that has you know the podcast. I, I write a lot of blog articles and had in the past. Um, I, I even have something that's kind of cool. 
um, that I put up there for anyone with a website is called a now page. Mm-hmm. So I updated every three months of what's going on in my life, kind of a short kind of synopsis of, hey, here's some things I'm working on. So it's kind of a cool thing. If people care to check, they can kind of see what's going on in my world um, over the last few months or so. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, I'm just reading it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I shouldn't really. You see, you shouldn't have tempted me. I'm so easily distracted. Brian, it's been an no, absolute no, but- joy to talk to you today. Um, thank you so much. So the podcast has just get yeah. started. BrianAndreco.com is the USP. Thanks so much. Thanks, Russell. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for listening today. You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash podcasts and subscribe to hear other titles in our series. Or you can contact us at info at qedod.com to hear and find out more about tough love, leadership, accountability, resilience and burnout. You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash burnout 2019 to hear and get access to a load of resources to help you manage and fight burnout. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash free ebook to hear more about the fundamentals of resilience. Until the next episode, keep on thriving.